All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico, were you, dri- hello, were hello. you driving? Were you driving to the music? I was. I were you was driving to the music or driving to the music? Driving to the music, but I need to keep myself warm because. <laughs> That's probably one of the reasons. Okay, so uh, are you al- aligned on the couch and are you having a cup of coffee or are you yes. still cuddled up under a blanket? No, I had the coffee earlier while I still had electricity because uh, <laughs> it's all gone now. <laughs> so I'm sitting next to a little gas heater to uh, warm myself up. It's quite cold in Victoria this morning. Oh, but do you have um, water at least? Yes, I'm fortunate enough to have water. So, um, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm okay. very happy with that. Yeah. I do wonder when I think about Pretoria, and I know we have to go to a couple of questions and all sorts of things, mm-hmm. but when we think about Pretoria, so if your temperature in Joburg is 10 degrees, it's often like three or two or three degrees mm-hmm. more when you go to Pretoria. Is it ever two or three degrees colder than, than, than Joburg? I don't know. I think it's always a little bit warmer, whatever the temperature is. Um, okay. I'm no meteor- 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 meteorologist. I couldn't even say that. So, <laughs> so I don't know, but I think it's normally always a little bit warmer. But even in Pretoria, if you have to go to Irene versus uh, Pretoria North, Irene is always quite cold versus Pretoria North, it always feels much warmer. So, yeah, there is a big difference. Well, apparently it's about six degrees in Joburg right now. So I imagine yeah. even nine degrees for you is feeling a little cold. That's for sure. Yeah. So Nico, our patrol uh-huh. head... You heard me yes. comment about what is the point of music if not to dance and make sure that the spark of our life is lit in every possible way. Yes. I challenged you to a song last week. We're going to get to the cars. Don't worry. If anybody wants mm-hmm. to send any more questions and quickly do it now, you can WhatsApp us on 0614104107. I challenged you to a song and the song mm-hmm. was it had to be a great cover. Yes. So. I don't know what it is. I haven't um, looked or listened because I think it's great for me to figure it out as you play it. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few I like, but this one I really like. Um, it, it's a bit more of a relaxed song. I found a lot of the covers were like that. So, um, this is the first one I had in mind. And then I listened to a few to think, oh, which ones are sound not too relaxed or maybe a bit more upbeat or whatever. But I still went back to this one. And this is one I really enjoy. Okay, um, don't tell us so, what it is. Let's play mm-hmm. it and let me see if I can guess it. Okay. Wow. Okay, Nico. So I know the song and I was talking to the team and just trying to decide if this was the original or the cover, but you're actually quite correct. So Eva Cassidy, Fields of Gold, correct? Nico, are you with us? No. Yeah, okay, correct with that. But now Sting sang it. And then I was thinking, I was thinking actually that it was Eva Cassidy who um, did the original and then Sting did the cover. But actually, you're quite correct. Sting wrote it with Paul McCartney. Now, I've only just discovered this because I had to then go and look it up. Yes, I didn't know this, by the way. You you know way more than me. (laughs) No, but it's so interesting because I was like, okay... How do I actually work this? It's like I had always thought that she did it first, but in fact, he did it first. What a fabulous cover. So well, I'm glad you like it. Now it's your turn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next week it's your turn with a cover. Okay, so I've got to I've got to bring you a cover for to listen to and see what you think. 
and then I'll have a challenge for you next week, and then uh, after that I'll have to, to have the same challenge, in other words. Yes. Uh, next yeah, week it's your cover, then I'll have a challenge. With oh, you um, do, yeah. get a song, and then I'll do the same for the next one. Your challenges make me nervous. We're going to go to a break, and when we come <laughs> back, I've got a bunch of questions for you. <laughs> Michelle Constant on SAFM. 20 to 9, you are with SAFM 104 to 107. And, of course, this is the time that we chat to Nico, our petrol head. He's challenged me to a song for next week. I loved his choice, Eva Cassidy, Fields of Gold. Really very beautiful track indeed. Nico, let's talk all things cars. Mm -hmm. So someone has asked, um, at what point do you realize or know or should know when your car needs its wheels to be aligned? You don't necessarily actually know. So, um, if it's been a long time since you've done that, or um, uh, you, it's worthwhile checking. So if you're driving, um, it might also be fine, but let's say you hit a pothole, um, and if it, if, it, if it puts the wheel alignment out a little bit, older cars used to you know, pull a little bit to the left or right, but nowadays the suspension in the car is so good that you're not necessarily going to actually, take it, when you just take your hands off the wheel, have the car pull to the left or the right. Um, and if you don't do the wheel alignment, and um, if it starts getting out too much, it'll wear down that tire much quicker um, than the rest of the tire, which could then be an expensive exercise. So you won't necessarily know anymore by just driving. Um, it's worthwhile checking, um, uh, I would say, every time you rotate the tire. So it, it, it's also, I guess, a cost thing, Michelle. You can't afford to always just every year go and check the wheel alignment. But if you've hit something hard, it's worth considering checking it because it can actually, um, the tire will wear out quicker if it's not pointing exactly straight. Is there anything you should be looking for in your car? I mean, I know you often talk about the thin side of the tire and all of that, but that's mm-hmm. the tire. Is there anything that might tell you that on the tire that the car is not aligned correctly? No, it, you won't actually know uh, on the tire. Uh, only when it's wear, worn out um, uh, too much, you know, eventually by the end, um, you'll see, hang on, this tire is not wearing out even. In other words, if you're looking at the tread and it's wearing out more on the one side than the opposite side, that's an, that, that's an indication. If it's wearing out more in the middle or on the sides, it, it, uh, that has to do with inflation as well. In other words, not the correct pressures. But yeah, it will be wearing out. It won't be wearing out even throughout the tread. One side will probably wear more than the other. Right. Well, good luck on that one. Nico, there's a question. I had mm-hmm. I had an Audi two door and uh, it no longer works. I'm going to sell it, and I want to buy a new, perhaps not entry level car, but a new entry level car. Yo, um, what's the budget? Yeah. You know, that's always the you know, that's always the case because um, an entry level car could be. I'm looking at an entry level car for three hundred thousand rands. I'm looking for an entry level car for four hundred thousand rands. Um, so it's kind of difficult. I'm looking for an automatic. I'm looking for a manual. Um, there's just a lot less manual cars. So the entry level, the cheapest car you can buy right now, is this is um, uh, Espresso for 169,000 rand. That's the cheapest entry level um, manual car. There's a Renault Quid if you don't want a Suzuki or your Toyota Viz. Um, Viz. Those are the entry level cars. Um, yeah. Then if automatic ones are similar, sort of Renault, Suzuki, um, Kia. You you like the Suzuki, car. don't you? I do. I like the Suzuki because they you know they they're really reliable cars. Um, but not that the others aren't. Again, this is you know that's preference to be honest. So it's unfair what I like to say. This is what I like, and somebody else would say, well, I don't like Suzuki. I'd rather like Volkswagen or 
like um, Kia. Um, so there's a lot of preference um, in, in the cars. And I personally would always say maybe I would buy it. If it was me, I'd buy a demo. I wouldn't yeah. buy an, a new car. So if you're looking for as new as possible, I would say maybe I, let me try and see if I can get a demo car. Then I can pull my money and get a slightly better car, um, even though if somebody's done 10,000 k's on it, it's really not an issue for me at all. Um, you can even go as far as saying, let me buy a three-year-old car. Then I can buy something nicer with that money, um, especially if this car had a service history. Three years full is actually so new. So there's a lot of decisions to make. Um, and if you're leaning towards a particular brand, look at uh, things as, you know, can you, where can you service the car? Um, is there a dealership close by where you're living? I don't know if you're living more in a rural area or in a big city. Big city, the choices are lots. Smaller, smaller town or rural area, where, where is the closest place to service the car? That would be a big decision maker for me then as well. Okay, I've got a very true, this question. It comes from ASEA. So, uh-huh. Nico, please advise. So, I'm going to try and break this, this question up because it's, it seems quite complicated. It's an, an automatic Toyota Yaris. And mm-hmm. in the automatic Toyota Yaris, a bigger battery was put rather than the 636 correct size. The resting plate was taken out to fit it in. I don't know what the resting plate is. You'll tell us. Where the battery Where, sits. Okay. The resting plate was taken out in order to make this bigger battery fit. And the car is also jumping as it drives. Is this normal? And is a bigger size battery safe? No, I don't think you should. Um, you know, let's say you take your TV remote at home and you think, I don't like this battery, so I'm going to take two little wires. It's a triple A, and I'm going to put an A battery into my TV remote to work it better. I mean, that's a ridiculous example, but... It's a good um, one. <laughs> I, yeah, thank you. Um, so, I, no, I, I don't understand the reason why you would want to do that. I would stick to what the manufacturers say. You have different uh, voltage, you have different ampage. That's not good for the car. The car is designed, the, you know, the electronics work on, on 12 volts and it works off, off, a, off a certain current and a certain strength and there's certain uh, parameters for a battery. Um, and I wouldn't mess with that. So that's, if the car is doing funny things, it's probably because of that battery. Nico, so if you could, if, so my advice is go back to what it was. Yeah, and, and get them to take it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the cost would be, you know, because batteries are not necessarily cheap. If it's a Yaris, it's not ex- as expensive as a German cars battery, for instance. So it might yeah. be a bit more cost-effective. Uh, again, maybe their batteries are also cost-effective. So again, what, you know, it, it depends on the car. But what I would do is I would go back to exactly what it should be. The owner's manual will tell you if you're not sure Toyota themselves will tell you. But go back to the battery that was, was suggested for that car. Nico, another question for you. I, it was something I was thinking about earlier. You always mm-hmm. say that um, we shouldn't warm up our engines before we drive yes. off. But what yeah. about in this kind of weather where we've actually had r- snow and it's been that cold? Surely then one should do it. No, the same thing applies. We actually had, um, I was in the office uh, uh, um, and we had a little bit of, of, of sort of ice raining down and the wind was ice cold. And this is nothing. I mean, if you go to Europe and snowing outside, the same still applies. So when you start the car, even, even if it was, you know, if I lived in Sutherland and it was snowing, I would still just simply start the car and drive it. Um, and then um, I wouldn't drive it very hard, and I'd watch the temperature, and I'd know, listen, the, when the needle's in the middle, that's normally the ideal temperature, and when it gets there, that's all fine. When you idle the car, the, the mixture is a little bit richer than it should be. So in other words, there's a bit more fuel, because the car has a, 
um, a fuel air ratio called the stoichiometric ratio, which is, if you take a petrol car now, 14.7 to 1. So there's a certain amount of fuel and a certain amount of air, yeah. and that's ideal. But if you have it richer, it means you've got a little bit more fuel than you need. So that means that fuel is actually now I'm going to corrupt the oil in the car as well because that, not all that fuel is burning. So the car doesn't like idling. It likes to drive. Um, also, so in other words, the best way to get things moving, get the water moving and everything else in the car, simply get in, start the car, and drive it softly, softly is a word, but not hard. And then when the temperature is there, it doesn't actually matter how you drive it because the car is at operating temperature. Cool. Okay. Well, perhaps not cool. Very cold would be <laughs> the answer. <laughs> yes. Okay. We've got some questions for you. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Morning, Michelle. Morning, Michelle. Great show always with your team. Morning to your guest, Nico. It's Uncle JJ, the truck driver. I would like to ask a one, a two questions to Nico. Uh, one question is, I'm driving a Honda Odes 2.4 liter Sport. Uh, what is the good consumption uh, it must give me for a liter? Then when I'm driving up to eight, it starts wobbling, wobbling, like shaking. What will be the cause? Okay, wobbling, wobbling and shaking. Okay, so for fuel consumption, I don't know. Um, um, the cause is so different. Um, you, uh, the, the manufacturer sort of normally would have a spec. So I'm not sure what year model is, but an internet search would probably say this is the recommended co- consumption and it should be maybe a little bit higher in that ballpark. So I don't have an idea. If you're driving and, and things are shaking, um, possibly it's wheel, uh, it's wheel balancing or wheel alignment, possibly wheel balancing, but it could be something even more serious. So very difficult to diagnose if you don't know. It could even be that the wheel bolts are all not attached. I once did a driving a track day with somebody. This, even if I think about it now, it scares me quite a lot. And this guy had an SLS Mercedes Benz at Swart Corp. So we were doing laps, and you know, eventually, you know, we had 50 minutes left, 15. And I said, "You want to do some laps?" And he said, "No, listen, I'm okay. I'm done. I've had a good time." And he drove home, and he phoned me maybe 15 minutes later. He said, "Listen, I had started getting a shudder in the car, and I stopped, and I had a look, and three of the wheel bolts uh, were just you could." T- turn them up with your finger. So maybe it was, the wheel was on with one or two wheel bolts, uh, which, is, you know, so if you're going around the corner, it's what cops and the, and the wheel goes, then, uh, you know, you're going to really hurt yourself. So this is something you shouldn't mess with. So it could be balancing, but it could simply be the wheel bolts on tight. It could also be something else. So rather have it checked out than driving long distance or a lot with it and something goes wrong. Okay, JJ, definitely check your wheel bolts. That shake, shudder, shudder, shake, shake. Could be that. It's great for a Maybe the car is cold. The car is yeah. cold like me, and it's trying to get warm. That's why yeah. it's you know, <laughs> checking your bones to get warm. That's Nico. Uh, check your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Got another question for you here. Hi, Nico. Um, good morning. Good morning. I recently had my shocks changed because my car was uneven and uh, it was so uncomfortable riding it, driving it because it feels like you're bouncing, you know. Um, but uh, two days after having it changed, the, 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 the sensation or the feeling was still there, you know. Uh, it was driving the same and I took it back and they told me, you know, a lot of stories. How do I determine whether, uh, whether it actually, they have actually changed my 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 shocks. How do I how do I determine that? Sure. 
that's actually a difficult one. So um, I'm not sure where they change the shocks. Um, check out if they are part of MIWA, Motor Industry Workshop Association, I think, M-I-W-A. So if they're part of that, then you can go, you have recourse because you can, you can go to them and say, listen, this is my, this is my feeling um, that happened. Um, if you know somebody that's independent, I don't know what your car is, you can go there and tell them, listen, have a look at these shocks. Are these brand new shocks? Because if they're brand new shocks, you can simply you know, look at a shock and say, hang on, this is not a new one. This is an old one. Um, so um, that's always, unfortunately, um, the worry for me when you just go to somebody that helps. And I don't know, maybe this is a big workshop or a manufacturer or maybe it's somebody small, but you should, I always feel that you should have recourse. And if they're part of that, of that organization, um, then um, what happens is you can go to, you know, you can go one step up and say to them, listen, this is a, pro- this is a problem. I'm not sure. Can you please assist me? So that's where I would start. Um, yeah, um, because otherwise it, it's quite difficult. And it's frustrating when you pay a lot of money because that's not a cheap exercise. And then the cost all feels the same. So that's what I, I would suggest you could do. Go to the manufacturer maybe and ask them to have a look or go to Miwa. Okay, so let's uh, crack right in. One or two more questions we've got time for. Let's go for it. Yeah, Michelle, Willie here in Kuma. Michelle, on, on, on wheel alignment issue, um, uh, to, to, to your guest over there, uh, uh, um, realizing uh, uh, that uh, maybe uh, one of the wheels, uh, it's, it's, it's worn up, or not already that that would have been late already i think the suggestion why why do the the wheel alignment uh, company or shops there why don't they give us uh, the kilometers to say after certain kilometers that the, the bring 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 your car for wheel alignment i think that that one uh, could work well thanks really i quite like that idea nico mm. Could you know what? That's, that's actually a, 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 that's a great suggestion. And a, a, there's a place in Pretoria where I go to where I've always bought tires and they have fabulous service um, for, you know, for, my, for, for wheel alignment and yeah. tires and the prices are good. And they do that, actually. So they have a sticker in the driver's door. Um, and um, so that sticker says, check the next alignment at this kilometers. So that's actually something that, uh, that they do. And the other day I was there, a friend of mine, she had to um, put new tires on, so I helped her. And then while I was there, I said, listen, please just check my alignment because um, I know that I once had, a, had a quite a big bump in the pothole. Um, and they checked it and I said, oh, you know, it's still okay. You can do it. It's still all right. And I said, okay, that's fine. Um, and I was, you know, fairly close to that kilometer. So if you, you know, maybe you can do that something yourself then um, uh, if, if the companies that are doing alignment on us, but write it down and it's somewhere in your car. Let's say you've got an owner's manual in the, in the glove box. Write it on a piece of paper, like a notes page or whatever, put it in there so that you can refer back to that. But yeah, that's a great idea uh, to say this is your next alignment. But I know the guys in Pretoria, as I said, they actually do that already. Oh, because maybe Vili could have made some money out of that as a copyright. Uh, or yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Vili. It's still a brilliant idea. But it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah, it, it Go is. Hi, <laughs> Nico. Mandla in Bloemfontein. I just bought myself a Kia Sportage 2020. Yay, I feel like this car is drinking. It's, it's very addicted to fuel. It's just chowing. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how they should be or is there a way or somewhere where I can take it to be checked because maybe I was just driving my VW Jetta 5. I'm not used to this type. Please assist. Thank you. 
Okay, so the so Kia Sportage. Yeah, so just ask again. Is it a petrol? I don't know if it's a petrol or a diesel. Um, you must know that SUVs are going to, especially petrol SUVs, they, they tend to chow petrol. Um, they, um, you know, it, it, it's a heavy weight, it's a big weight to carry, and um, um, diesels are normally with SUVs slightly better. But if you're used to, I think you said a Jetta 5, I don't yeah. know the engine. Um, let's imagine it was a diesel Jetta 5. Then those things are really light on fuel. And now you're going to an SUV that's, let's say, petrol. I don't know exactly what the engine is. Then there's going to be a massive difference. So it is possible. But what you could do is you can go to Kia. It's a great car, by the way. The Kia Sportage 2020 model is, it really is a very good car. Um, but you can go to, to, to Kia and say, this is what I'm getting. Um, please advise. You know, I think a lot of the time the manufacturers are really quite good, you know, with the dealerships. Yeah. And they always want to be helpful. And you don't have to pay to just have a nice chat. So go in there, you know, have a friendly conversation with somebody. You'll be surprised at how helpful they normally are and, and will want to be. So that's what I would do. I would, I would say, it seems heavy. Can you guys please assist? Give me some advice. Where should I be with the score? And I'll quickly say, you know what? Yeah, maybe this is a bit heavy or this seems a bit heavy. Let's have a look. So, you know, um, when you when you do something with your computer, you defrag it or whatever the case may be, yes, depending yes. on your computer. And then suddenly uh-huh. it runs better. It's a bit like giving it a service in a way. Yeah. Is it possible that your car would eat more fuel or drink more fuel um, if it needed a service? Uh, it is possible if, it, if you're skipping two services or three. Um, I'm trying to think what would be. But if it's just a normal service, let's say every 15,000, there shouldn't be a reason why it's getting closer to that and suddenly then the fuel consumption is up by a lot. But yes, um, if you start delaying uh, services, then the fuel consumption will go up. Um, But I think that's not your problem. The problem is more the the wear and tear because the oil is now going to start being corrupted. um, And then it's actually going to, the problem is not your fuel consumption, but the damage being done in your engine because it's not properly properly lubricated. So, but it, I, I don't personally think, I can't think, I'm trying to think of a situation now, I can't think that if you miss one service, it should start getting heavier on fuel. But, you know, it's not a good idea. If you, you know, try not to miss the services in your car because the other effects on it aren't great. So a quick question from Shavesh before we close off. Shavesh saying, can you tell me if a car can be converted from petrol to diesel um, or di- uh, from petrol or diesel to gas, LP gas? Um, I'm not sure LP gas. I'm not sure if that's the right gas. I know that um, there, there are cars in Europe that run on, uh, but I'm not sure exactly what the gas is. Um, and they run on natural gas. So you get to a filling station, um, and the car actually, or well, the car itself has a, a special tank for, uh, and quite a strong tank that runs on the natural gas plus a petrol tank. And um, what happens is petrol in the petrol tank and gas in the gas tank. So when you when you run out of the gas, it will convert automatically to the petrol. So you can just simply just keep up topping up the, the, the gas, but there's certain modifications that have been made. And I'm not sure if LPG gas, that's the correct one. In other words, the one that, that's now you know, running my gas heater. I don't think that's exactly the same gas. I think it's a different one. And you're going to have to make some modifications. And the biggest thing is actually that fuel tank um, that has to be quite strong in the event of an accident. Otherwise, it's just a big bomb. So, um, you know, you need the, the right type of tank. You can't just put a normal gas tank in the back of your car. That would be quite unsafe. <laughs> I can almost see this car, like, just going on gas and then suddenly lifting off and flying into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that you say it, I can picture that exactly. Uh, exactly that. So, um, I, yeah, this is, um, yeah, 
but I, I mean, the point it is... It's quite costly to try and do. It, yeah. It's done overseas, but it's, it's not the same as the LPG gas, as far as I know. But yeah. I'm an expert in that, but I know that there are cars that run on petrol and gas, or they can just simply easily convert. Sure. Um, I, I, yeah, it, and I mean, where would you even get that gas from? You wouldn't just go to a petrol station and they'd, like, pump it in, would you? That's it. So in Europe, there's a lot of the... I drove a car like that, actually, once. I drove a car like that, exactly, that ran on the gas. So when you stop, you have to look on the navigation for a filling station that has that type of gas. And where the pumps were, there was just a different pump, and yeah. the gas, the nozzle looks different. You simply put it in there, and it was a lot cheaper than petrol. That's why you did that, because the gas was cheaper than petrol. Jeez, I wouldn't do it, eh? I would be too terrified. Next thing you, you light a match near it and no, kaboom, it all goes. You shouldn't be smoking at a filling station. <laughs> <laughs> don't smoke. Maybe don't I need smoke, that match for something else. <laughs> Nico, go and have another cup of coffee on me. Hope you enjoy so us. Um, you, you know, someone has just said, I must use the Sting, the sting song back on Nico, the King of Pain by Alanis Morissette. That's Timber. No, Timber, I'm going to work much harder. I'm going to find him a song that it's difficult for him to figure out. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.